0: Oh, shit, let me go get this.
1: All right, <laughs> oh, okay. no, I think you had a door. Oh, okay. It's
2: fine. All right. I edit that out. Are we All right. Kidding? What up, guys? Welcome back to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 46. Um, we're very happy today to be joined by the very famous problematic thinker, grifter extraordinaire, gothics thank you for joining us gothics
0: hello hello thank you so much for having me so excited to be here
2: we're (laughs) excited to have you um so i'm i'm a little newer to your work i found out about you a few months ago i think this was probably mid 2021 but you had did you did a debate on your channel between Mm -hmm. two uh i can't remember their names they were scholars of crt and you were also joined by Christian Watson. I think it was Carlin uh, Borschenko and uh, Michael Moreno, who we're also gonna have in the show soon. Nice. When he gets back to us and locks a day in, but he's definitely coming on. And we've we've had Christian Walker on. Watson. Watson, sorry. <laughs> he's gonna get mad if
1: he gets confused. Christian <laughs> <laughs> Walker.
2: Damn. <it. laughs> so we had him on because of that debate, actually, that I saw that you guys did. And by the end of it, I was like, I need to talk to some of these people. Christian especially impressed us and we immediately were like come on our show and talk to us so ever since then you know we've been following your work following him and yeah
0: yeah that uh, that debate was a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was absolutely terrible. I was laughing about this. uh Well, he's probably gonna find out now. But one of those scholars, they had. Uh, a- after we had that debate, we had like an after-party stream where we just were uh, talking about the debate. But it was for members only, so you had to be a YouTube member in order to see that. So one of those scholars subscribed, so they can see what we were talking about. Well, I got the notification two days ago that uh, he's been subscribed for seven months. So I think he forgot. To unsubscribe so thank you for paying my bills
2: <laughs> nice thanks for paying my bills was it the uh the pretentious one or like the other one because
0: <laughs> which one <That> didn't <laughs> move. I like, the, daniel you're not making
2: distinctions well, here. There, there was definitely the one with the long hair i don't remember his name i just remember him being pretentious he he would laugh at the most like inappropriate moments like yeah would be speaking or you would be speaking and he would just do this arrogant haughty chuckle in the middle of whatever you were saying and it reminded me of like every time I would have like a Facebook debate and when you're going back and forth with someone on Facebook and instead of them responding to what you're saying with logic or whatever they just laugh emoji every single like
0: yeah yeah
2: you? and it reminded yeah. me of that i was like he's just laugh emojiing every single thing that they say he's not listening
0: he's not listening and i think it was that person uh yeah <laughs>
2: wow yeah i interacted with him i think once on like twitter we got into a little back and forth but uh, i don't follow those people it's fine i know some people like to stalk the accounts and, and youtubers and stuff yeah, that they hate and there's this
1: weird this weird thing with online communities and online uh you know creators where certain people will kind of have like this negative obsession where they kind of get like obsessed with the creator and they start like sort of digitally stalking or researching yeah. and like because i saw somebody was talking about jeremy from the quartering the other day and he had like six pages of like you know why you know jeremy is terrible and i'm like dude you're like doing the same thing that the mainstream media did to trump in 2016 like if you don't like the guy just don't pay any attention
2: to it i think this is a good segue a bit for gothics to talk about the cycle of insanity
0: Mm, yes (laughs) yes
2: put a video out a couple months ago where you did a sort of diagram and you described the cycle of insanity do you want to maybe you know talk a bit about what that is
0: yes yes absolutely so uh the cycle of insanity is essentially this idea that people uh will assume i am i have the opinions that i hold because i'm getting paid they'll they'll say oh you're grifting you're doing this just for money and the only way that i'm able to actually make money is if people keep supporting me and how do people support me it's if people know who i am so these people that will call me a grifter they'll become obsessed with me on social media they'll keep tabs on me they'll keep talking about me they'll talk about me on their streams on their on their platforms and they're giving me more publicity which then puts me in the eyes of people that want to work with me like for last year, I've gone on the blaze. Uh, I've worked for like a show um, called Rightly AJ. I worked for a bunch of other shows and this would not have been possible if it wasn't for all of the publicity I've been getting. So they'll keep doing this and then they'll get upset. they will look at all of the subscribers she gets, look at all of the, the, the shows that she's on and they'll keep talking about me and they don't realize that they're kind of feeding the cycle. And what I learned afterwards is there's another name for this. It's called the Streisand effect. Yes yeah and it's it's the same thing where it's like you you try so hard to uh not bring attention to someone but because you're so emotionally invested in them you actually end up bringing attention to them
2: yeah it's uh, that kind of happened too with the whole jack murphy incident too where it's like something came out and the more he tried to divert attention away from it the more attention came onto it but it's just so crazy because like the people you're talking about they the main thing they do complain about is the attention that people like you get And what they're not realizing, the insanity of it is they're giving you the attention they complain about, and then they're helping bring more attention onto you from others by complaining about it
0: right yeah and I have I've even gotten into little debates with people just out of curiosity I say why why are you doing this you know why day after day you're antagonizing me on social media what is the purpose of it because what you're doing is you're feeding more publicity to me so what is it doing for you and I never get an answer and to me it just seems like this sort of obsession where where some people just don't have anything to do um and so they they keep feeding into it but it's funny that you said the whole jack murphy thing because in in situations like that i i think it's one of those things where it's like if you make it a big deal it's going to become a big deal so i would have just owned up yeah that was me next next topic (laughs)
1: And, you know, I wrote that article and I no longer agree with some of the things <laughs> I wrote or I was trying to be, you know, like a shock journalist. I was, you know, there's a million of things he could have said, but instead yeah. he snapped at poor Sydney, and it was just kind of ridiculous. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 what's it's going up. on here? So
2: I also I wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, the the name of your podcast is The Grift and that <laughs> kind of I comes love that name. from this phenomenon. And the name of our show actually has a similar origin as the name of your show, um, when we started speaking out more about, not just identity politics and that stuff, but the, the lockdowns, the, you know, the mandates, those sorts of things, more and more Brent and I, um, his sister Caitlin, like we kept being accused of dangerous rhetoric. People kept saying, that's dangerous rhetoric. That's dangerous. You can't say that you're spreading this, you're spreading that misinformation, it's dangerous rhetoric. And when we had the idea for the show, I was just like, why don't we just call it that? People keep accusing us of dangerous rhetoric. Let's just like trademark that and like that'll be our name.
0: So I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I, that's-
2: it's the same thing with the grift. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, you're going to keep accusing me of being a grifter. Well, I'm going to name my freaking show that. This is the yeah, grift. Welcome.
0: Yeah. But even now, now that I've called my show the grift, the same people will see, see, she even says she's a grifter. <laughs> I'm like, you guys it reminds me of that it reminds me of that Eminem song I don't know if you guys remember he says like I am whatever you say I am (laughs) and it's like I I'm I'm you guys gave me the name I am just repeating it now you have a problem with it make up your mind
2: (laughs) yeah that's basically what that song's about too
0: yeah Yep. and
2: and all that
1: there's uh, a lot of a lot of people out there that I think are just kind of like sad or angry or lonely and they don't have a lot of meaning and so they derive meaning by you know thinking that they're exposing the truth of you know xyz people when actually like they don't really have the self-awareness to realize that they're not really exposing the truth they're just sort of you know raging online at this caricature of you or, or of whoever that they've sort of created in their head they've heard you know a few little things here and there or maybe they've heard some things in their echo chamber and they've got this characterized version of you know a person or a creator in their head and they're just you know, they sling arrows at it because they think that they're doing some sort of good deed when really they're just like wasting their time and energy
2: there's a, a great uh facebook post that a friend of mine put up the other day um and it's basically about this topic but he's he's wrote this he said remember people talk shit about you because one your life is more interesting than theirs two you reflect some unlived unloved, unacknowledged, or unfulfilled part of them that they are not yet ready to see or are not yet ready to deal with. And three, they are frustrated in their lives and it is easier to complain about your perceived flaws than to address their own. So much compassion for the haters, may they find themselves and find their way.
0: <laughs> mm, yep, yep, yep. I totally agree with that. And I I think also it's... I I, I one thing that i find fascinating are these other huge creators uh that have like massive followings and their whole shtick is to just criticize other creators uh, based on their opinions like there's one guy he, he's made like 15 videos of me and he has like thousands wow. of followers and i'm thinking to myself what are you actually accomplishing by doing this because you are giving me more publicity but you're not actually making the world a better place you know because instead of going online and saying well gothics is wrong about this why don't you do something that's actually meaningful like if you truly believe your positions why don't you go out and do something you know legislation wise why don't you run for office why don't you do something locally you know
2: i think to them it is meaningful what they do to you they're just they they see it as well i have to correct her wrong think because her wrong think is hurting people across the world and by doing it i am righteously defending those poor oppressed people
0: well, their stupidity hurts me. So wh- what do I get? <laughs>
2: <laughs> good point. Good, good point. So I'm I'm going to ask a little bit about your your origin story um, and the uh, the Little Mermaid incident. Maybe you want to go into that a bit. That was sort of what propelled you into the whole sphere of political commentary, correct? Because yes, you, you were doing Twitch streaming and you were making a living off of that right you were able to leave your job and all of a sudden you talk about the little mermaid and you tell people you voted for Trump and your whole life changed go into that a bit
0: yeah so let me first uh preface I mean let me paint the picture for you so uh, as well as me uh, being able to quit my job and do twitch full-time I had a lot of support uh from these streaming communities that were made to amplify black voices so there's a lot of these like you know i'm not going to say what names they are but they're communities that were uh, that would highlight other black creators sort of like hey look at us we're black we're in this space yeah um so when i saw the announcement of uh the little mermaid was going to be played by a black actress i was actually in the middle of the movie theater uh I was about to get my popcorn i forgot what movie i was going to see that day and i had tweeted out Uh, a response to that hey guys can we you know not just accuse people of being racist just because they have an issue with ariel being black because i have an issue with it it's weird it's it's pandering you know and immediately i started getting descended on by a bunch of people primarily the folks that i just talked about a lot of other black creators who had my back wanted to put me into the spotlight and say, hey, look at this chick, she's doing great things. But instantly I was anti-Black, I was self-hating, I had internalized racism, the narrative just swapped because I wasn't on board with the tokenizing or like, I don't like this idea of taking existing characters and swapping their race, because that tells me you lack creativity and you think that you can only see success if you take something from a white character and make it Black, that's not, what is that?
2: I, I, I- <laughs> agree that's kind of how I look at it too it's like there there are already plenty of excellent black characters out there. yeah you know you you don't need to take other races of characters or whatever and change them around and and I think it's correct it kind of uh, feeds back into the narrative that there's something like superior about white characters or something that you need to change them into the other race to give them that proper representation or whatever and that's what it comes down to it's like representation. Right. This is the big thing with the SJW crowd is we we need to see more people who look like us in spaces. And but this has been happening since the '90s. Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up in a very like I grew up on Hey Arnold.
0: Oh, I love Hey Arnold. You know what I
2: mean? It's like come (laughs) on, like that show was like that was my life. Like I grew up in the city in an urban environment, and like my friends were mixed. You know, you had the black kid and the Jewish kid and the Asian kid and and the obsessive girl and like the fat kid or whatever. Like it looked like Harold and in the 90s it wasn't this thing that you had to like browbeat people with
0: right you not know, natural and I think the honestly the the idea of representation is a lie anyway because you would be blind uh, to say or you'd be lying to say that because think of all the actors and characters that are that have been black for like years ago and and now we're complaining about representation as if we haven't had all of these people in Hollywood exist like that's kind of insulting yeah. um but yeah that's primarily what happened is i i spoke on that and then my audience uh started to leave because they thought that i was anti-black um and you know i was racist or something i don't know um and i ended up taking like a few months of uh, uh of off from twitch um i came back to twitch for a little bit and then i got cancelled again because i voted for the orange man <laughs> yeah, talk,
2: talk about that a bit so <laughs>
0: yeah so I um what was interesting about this and this and this kind of goes to show you that uh, a lot of people have it's like a rotating door of hypocrisy like people will say uh you know cancel culture is bad and it shouldn't happen and a lot of people uh stayed in my community that had my back through that whole aerial thing but then when I uh voted for Trump um those same people then canceled me online. They threw me under the bus. They started labeling me a big. A, and it's like, whoa, what happened a few months ago? It's like, oh, you know, we were with you with that, but this is too much. Yeah, so <laughs>
2: too far.
0: It's, it's too it's too far. And I'm like, okay. So it got to the point where I was like, I before any of this happened, I was streaming to like 120 viewers concurrently on Twitch. And then after I had voted for Orange Man, I was down to like 10 maybe seven viewers and i was just doing that for a few months and i'm like what am i doing like I'm, I'm i'm not gonna change my opinion on this i'm not gonna you know do this for the sake of subs so like i need to pivot
2: and that's yeah. kind of what brought you to where where you are now yep so something clicked in your head and you're like all right well i guess i gotta uh strategize and and think about how i'm going to approach all this differently and you know, I, I respect it. I think it, it takes a lot to stay true to to who you are, to what you think, you know, is right and to face the mob and to just not let them cancel you. Cause you you could have just said, well, whatever, I guess I'll shop about this stuff. I'll go back to streaming video games and just be a good little token and you know, I'll get all the views and and be accepted into the mainstream culture but yeah. you're like well I'm not I'm not going to do that and I think when you get to a, these certain moments you have to make a decision do I quiet down and just retreat or do I I don't want to say get louder but get more firm in and in, in my stance and yeah
0: yeah I um I had to th- Think back to the whole reason I quit my job in the first place, because I'm a high school dropout and I've always just worked customer service jobs, which are not fun, (laughs) you know, getting yelled at by random people on the phone is not fun. Um, But I said to myself, I am just miserable doing this work. I come to work every day. I sit in a cubicle. I hate my job. Uh, I want to do something that actually makes me happy. And that's why I quit my job initially. So after I got canceled, I really had this moment where I'm like, do I just go back into corporate America? Because I could avoid all of this stuff if I just work in an office all day. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that because that was the whole reason that I quit my job was to not answer to anybody was to be my own boss. So despite the fact that essentially I still am dealing with customers, angry customers online, (laughs) um, you know, I I'm still my own boss and I'm still going to express whatever opinions that I have, because at the end of the day, that that was the whole point you know
2: yeah no no i agree
1: yeah it's it's very strange how these people like kind of just like get obsessed they get hung up on like a certain thing and then they just want to like destroy you as soon as you don't re- reconcile with whatever their previous image of you was
2: yeah. we, we've we been accused of internalized homophobia we're self-hating gays like all that stuff if, if you don't fit into the woke mindset yeah they, they will cast you out and you know, and, and I'm, I'm not saying like conservatives all completely embrace us either. But for the most part, more of them have been willing to at least talk and mm-hmm. to, to have a, a dialogue or conversation. The more radical lefty types, they just they view us as like traitors. Yeah. Like traitors, the enemy. you
1: know, The enemy. If they had their way, they could throw it. They'd throw us. In
2: probably because <laughs> we're probably worse than like the straight white man devil. Yeah. Because, you know, we 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 are a minority right so in their head they're just like you should be on our side and and against this oppressive structure and it's just i don't know yeah. I, I like putting people in boxes like that i think people are more than these you know surface level things that are beyond our control like i didn't pick being gay you didn't pick being black it's, these aren't accomplishments they're situations we were born into they weren't things that we did you know like yeah. i guess i'm i'm proud of like being gay and having been able to get through life okay but i'm not proud of like being gay itself that's that's not an accomplishment i didn't do it right,
0: right you know? yeah and also um because you just reminded me of something what, one thing that i learned after uh, creating a new uh, viewer base on youtube is that um the i think the pushback was so bad when i had the comments about ariel and when i had the uh audacity to vote for orange man was because if if you don't disclose certain parts about your beliefs to people and then when it comes out later on people feel like they've been betrayed and 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 the pushback was a lot vicious because of that because at, at at a certain time, I did have Trump derangement syndrome. And I also told people when I was streaming, don't talk about religion, politics, like the things that people would generally get upset about um so now that I'm openly talking about it people feel like I betrayed them in some way so now I make a point to just not censor myself and just be upfront about all of my beliefs because it's a it's like a sifting process where the people that appreciate that that open-mindedness and that the, the ability to stand firm in your positions they're going to flock to that as opposed to finding out later on where they think that they've been slighted in some way
2: it's also allowing yourself to be wrong you know and, right a lot of people are afraid to say what they really think and feel because they're, they, they know they're going to have to defend their position, <laughs> you know, and that's exhausting, that alone. But they're also afraid they're, they're wrong or they might be proven wrong when people, I think, need to embrace this idea more. And the more outspoken we are, someone can point out to us when we actually are wrong. Right. And hopefully, if we're not too egotistical and arrogant, we can acknowledge that and, and, and admit it. But, you know, you have to speak. Right, be able to even know if you're wrong. Now, that's right. That's very important. But yeah, allowing yourself to be wrong, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. It would just seem to be this in this
1: environment, this cultural environment, where sort of, sort of like saying certain things is almost equivalent to like a violent act. Yeah, which is odd because we have you know a lot of rising crime and a lot of violence going on that's sort of like not really covered, or it's you know they have these new bail reform laws where they kind of make it so that you know people that are violent offenders they can either get out quickly or get out easier than they were able to before pre-COVID. But it's just like this ridiculous like juxtaposition where they've taken. And, you know words like, these are just words and ideas that people are just trying to discuss you know you're trying to share your opinion and all of a sudden you know just for espousing that in public they jump on you it's like look what they're doing or trying to do to Joe Rogan I mean this whole thing with Neil young is just a really perfect example um, of how they they don't want people with large audiences or with any audience really to be able to say, you know the the forbidden things, and it's just like for me. You know, I have a little bit of a contrarian streak. So when somebody tells me that I'm not allowed to do something, I really want to do it me more. <laughs> I do it more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it just it strikes me that this is kind of like we're in this weird cultural moment where, you know, these people have no self awareness, or like you know, self awareness is like more rare. And they just end up, you know, being the problem that they're complaining about. And we see this with like the the CRT folks, and you know, the, uh, the these people that seem to think that like you know, skin color is is everything. You know, I was arguing with a guy on Twitter just you know before we started the show, where who was you know telling me that you know what somebody's success. I think it was just talking about Joe Rogan that his whiteness was a huge factor in his success. And I was like, well, that's true. Then, you know, we have Dave Chappelle who was not white and he's this huge success. And we've had, you know, Barack Obama who was there and he's a huge success. Like we've had examples of plenty of I actually, people. Actually, I, w- I wanted
2: to go back into the critical race theory topic and ask gothics a bit about that. So you've, you've been very outspoken about critical race theory and mm-hmm. you've gotten a lot of shit for it and a lot of backlash for it. Yeah. Um, what, you know, if you could sum up like if someone asked you what is critical race theory and why are you so outspoken against it, what would you say to them?
0: It's uh brainwashing kids to be racist uh, and, and <laughs> also brainwashing them to uh, <clears throat> to hate themselves, uh, primarily if you're black, you hate your you hate yourself and then you're also being racist towards white people, which contrary to the woke belief, yes, black people can still be racist. <laughs> um, and I would say that what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Well, like, how would you define that, right? Critical yeah. race theory and like, why are you so outspoken?
0: against Yeah, that? well, I am so outspoken because I, I don't think we should be teaching any of that stuff. I think the whole purpose of going to school is to learn math, science you know real science that you can question right uh, you know you know yeah, exactly uh how to write your name you know how to read uh but critical race theory uh that is just imposing uh, a, a warped ideology onto people that uh that don't agree with it you know if and, and this is something like in the black community this critical race theory is kind of an extension about uh, of things that I've already experienced growing up. Uh, in the black community, there's kind of like this split where uh, you'll have the uh, self-fulfilling side of being black where it's like, uh, we, we don't think that our skin color holds us back. We don't think the white man is gonna take our jobs. We don't think that anything in 2020 is actually gonna prevent us from achieving something because of our skin color, but then you got the other sector that they think the opposite—that all of their circumstances in life are are because of their skin color. So this is just sort of a repackaging and then feeding it to the masses. And I've already seen what this does just in looking at it from when I'm growing up. Um, there's a big difference between like my life and someone who thinks in this way, they're usually very angry, too. And I don't think that that's something that they should be sharing with people. Like, if you believe that about yourself and your skin color, keep it to yourself. Why do you have to sell this to other people? I mean, I know the answer. But like, yeah, so I would say that that's the reason why I it's not something that's helpful. And I think it's going to do the opposite. Uh, As far as amplifying black people, I think it's going to do the opposite.
2: So what would you say to say uh, critics play devil's advocate a bit uh, mm-hmm. say, oh, well, you know, critical race theory is just teaching the full, complete American history and the stuff that is left out typically and hidden from us about okay. our evil, racist past.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, first of all, history is not always pretty. Uh, and, and And I think we should leave the history as it is. There's no need to rewrite it. And as far as showing people the full history, like i said earlier i'm a high school dropout so uh i came out fine not being (laughs) informed on every aspect of black history like i am a functioning human being and knowing all of this extra information what would it have done for me and this is i think the insidious part about wanting to inform people about all of these things you're you're essentially saying like we we want you to know this well why why can't you allow someone the ability to inform themselves why do you why do you want to inform us it seems like in these situations this will give someone the perfect opportunity to feed us information that might not actually be true or might not be helpful so that's why i'm like no
1: yeah i feel the same way with uh Critical queer theory yeah, is something yeah. that I've had to, you know, like one of the focus, one of the focus I had on my solo channel uh, was to speak out and the different manifestations of that, because it's the same thing. They're targeting the children. Uh, they're bombarding them with this, like, really high grade psychological uh, propaganda that, you know, they're not allowed to debate or argue with. Um And it warps, you know, very young children, prepubescent children, it warps their perception of sex and gender in such a way that it's not likely to make their lives, you know, improved or better by it. Confusing then. Well, and there's been experiments. There was this guy, I'm trying to remember his name in Australia, who did this, this thing with a pair of twins. And I think they were both boys. And the idea was that he flipped the gender presentation of one of the young twins and, you know, charted, you know, like to, to, to his thesis was that, you know, oh, you know, gender is just like a social construct and you can, you know, totally, you know, bend and play with it and it's no big deal. Well, the one kid who he gender bended ended up, you know, I think committing suicide because the, the trauma of going through that experience of being told you're a girl when you know you're a boy was just so much for that, that individual that they couldn't handle it. And this is what I'm seeing now with the mass sort of like medicalization of trans ideology. You know, we have uh, surgeons that are willing to take healthy tissue off of young children because, you know, for a couple of months they've been experimenting with these ideologies. And it seems like it's just sort of the same thing where it's like trying to subvert the traditional, you know, ideas when it comes to sex and gender and in order to like push this this religion almost and that's kind of what strikes me about crt and cqt is that they have a lot of religious uh forms to them we have like they the proselytization the whole idea that they have to go out and sort of speak and preach and convert people into the ideology it's it's very you know it's like you know i'm just imagine a day when you have like you know like wokists knocking at your door and be like can we talk to you about critical queer theory (laughs) like
0: Mm.
2: anything i think the trans stuff is even more taboo and touchy than the crt stuff i think the trans issue and the non-binary issue is probably the most taboo thing right now of all the subjects um gothics you you've gotten backlash quite a bit oh yeah talking about oh yeah as well uh, on that note too you should check out our episode with laura becker um <laughs> oh. she she was uh, a former trans man who de-transitioned and we had an excellent conversation with her about a lot of this stuff but yeah uh, talk a bit about that speaking out about the trans stuff lgbt all of that you've gotten a lot of hate on twitter i've seen some of it mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, it's funny that you say uh, this thing about queer theory because I've brought this up before, and the same people that are advocating for critical race theory will say queer theory doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I've got a lot of backlash. Like, listen, I um, I I think I have the position in life where I think everyone should be allowed to live their life however you want to live it. Uh, Who am I to say that you feel a certain way about your body or your identity, whatever. The problem becomes when you have to impose that on other people, when you have to promote it. Because here's the thing about the whole trans ideology, it's that it is being promoted as an ideology, but the trans people that I've spoken to, you know, Blair White, Buck Angel, people like that, they acknowledge that they have a mental disorder. They suffer from gender dysphoria um, and that, involves therapy and in some cases in their situations transitioning to the opposite sex helped them and help them with their depression and stuff like that um now the problem with how society is normalizing this discussion of gender ideology is they are essentially promoting a mental disorder to people and and that's what i need people to recognize it's like this isn't a trend that you can just like a costume you can just put on and say i am the opposite sex today or maybe i'm neither or maybe i'm both or maybe you know there, there is none of that because now you're playing with another layer of something that i think shouldn't be played with which is your your mental health your mental we- wellness um Not
2: just that and- they're, they're promoting treatments that don't work on helping everyone. You know, like you said, some people transition and that helps them feel more comfortable to deal Mm. with the disorder that they're dealing with, but that does not work for everyone. Not a one size fits all solution. And it's taboo, and that's why I brought up Laura Becker because there are many cases like hers and that is taboo to these woke SJW people. They don't want to talk about detransitioners. The fact Mm. that there are people who get these intervention surgeries and do later on regret it they find it didn't help them or it actually made their situation worse that they wished someone had challenged them or got them to question this instead of say pushing them in that direction instead of you know maybe having them consider it a little more before rushing into something so permanent
0: you know right and that's the problem now is is that because of how militant this uh this trend has become we have situations where i've actually interviewed a detransitioner on my channel and they said that it was so easy for them to get the stamp of approval from their therapist after one session they were wow. able to get a a slip that says just okay can, you just one wow Jeez and 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 they got the okay to get their uh, boob implants they got the okay to get their hormones but then months later when they decided they wanted to detransition that's when they hit all the roadblocks because at that point they were viewing it as a uh, conversion therapy therefore they didn't want to uh, help facilitate that and I really feel for these people because like me personally I would rather if someone says listen I feel like I'm in the wrong body and I should be the opposite sex I would want to challenge that I would want to push back on that but now a lot of these psychologists there affirm, beca-
2: affirm 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 yeah
0: affirm affirm, affirm. And, and and I and I understand because of how militant this rhetoric has become people think oh you're gatekeeping or you're invalidating someone sure. and, and and the suicide
2: thing is real and yeah, yeah. Trans stuff have gotten hate. They do get beat up. There are like that so i get it too
0: you know i get i definitely get it too but i think these doctors they're afraid of losing their license is a big part of it um so then they say well the the easy way out is just to put a stamp of approval but we're going to see a huge backlash for a few years from now there's going to be a lot more detransitioners and who's going to be there to pick up the pieces for these people that have been essentially led into the wrong direction instead of properly diagnosing them and pushing back because that's what's going to happen. People are going to transition and say, OK, I don't feel like this did anything for me. I still feel the same way. You know, nothing's changed. Thankfully, so, though, I
2: think, you know, people like like Laura will be there and other people who went down that road and dealt with it, you know, and are now talking about it. And I think I think it's important. I want to hear more detrans detransition voices. You know, one of the things I told her when she came on the show is that like you kind of like don't fit in anywhere in a sense right like a lot of the right conservative types might still look at you strange because you did go through surgery and and all that and then of course the lefty radical types view you as like a traitor because you didn't stick with it so it's like people like her kind of are in this weird limbo it's it's even more taboo i think to have transitioned and then detransitioned now in this current climate than it is to just have transitioned and stayed that way
0: yeah no i totally agree with you it's definitely more taboo.
1: Yeah, I wrote an article a couple of years ago um, that was primarily going into how the, uh, the idea around transitioning, medically transitioning children has changed uh, since like, you know, the, the 90s. And like the last 30 years, the whole idea went from, the idea was called watchful waiting, which was the common approach that most psychologists and gender specialists were advised from their superiors. Uh, And that the idea is that if a child presents with dysphoria like symptoms that, you know, if they're young, like maybe just stand back, let's just watch and wait because, you know, nine times out of 10, the dysphoria tends to resolve on its own as the child ages and they sort of grow out of it. Um, or, you know, they, they end up being a homosexual, you know, either, uh, you know, a a tomboy type girl becomes a lesbian or a feminine boy becomes, you know, a, a gay guy. Uh, and it's kind of weird that they throw that accusation of conversion therapy out when that's kind of what they're doing. It's like, if you medically transition a homosexual so that, you know, they have the the outward appearance of the opposite sex and all of a sudden you're like creating straight people which is basically what they have to do in Iran in Iran you know homosexuality is punishable by death and it's like that in a lot of the middle east especially where sharia and and the the muslim uh, majority sort of controls the political system but the uh, the way that they get around it is that these these homosexual men will transition to become women, and that sort of is acceptable for them. So you have a lot of that, you know, and, and that's literal conversion therapy. It's it's literally you're turning gay men into you know heterosexual women, and it just blows my mind that they have no self awareness. They're such hypocrites that, that they throw that accusation out without even considering the full scale of the picture, you know, across the board.
2: Yeah, they say, oh, everything's a social construct. So it, isn't that saying that our sexuality in a sense is also a social construct? It's, when you look at the, the current woke view of these things, it's they're, they're almost arguing that we chose to be this way in a sense. And because it's just all fluid, you know, like mm-hmm. that can be non binary, I'm not one thing like we can just choose and decide the next day, whatever we feel like we are is that's what we are now. And, and like you said, you know, you're not hurting anyone. I'm fine with that you want to go live your life and identify as a cactus go identify as a cactus like that's fucking fine. It's when you start trying to impose these things on people to try to control how they view you and well, that brainwashing you kids is you, really what you, the problem is. you need them to be a part of your fantasy and they inside must also see you as a cactus. And <laughs> yes. if they don't, if they don't, they are a bigot. And, and even if you use their correct cactus pronoun, they'll know if inside you don't truly mean it.
0: excuse me it's cacti it's cacti cacti. thank you (laughs) oh my gosh yeah
2: I don't know man it's it's a weird time to be alive
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah
2: (laughs) I
1: also think there's a lot of mental illness out there that's going undiagnosed and just sort of like you know paved over so when I was young we had you know like candy ravers we had goth kids we had you know skater boys we had all these little different cliques And now today I feel like instead of having those groups, it's like this generation now is like playing with these gender and woke ideologies as if they're sort of the same thing.
2: Yeah. They're like scenes. It's like a scene.
1: Yeah. but see, the thing is though, it's like when you, you know, I was, I was a goth kid for, you know, a few months and then I became a candy (laughs) raver and then I sort of settled on like, you know, being relatively. You were a
2: goth kid for a few months. I was a
1: goth kid. I was bullied a lot (laughs) when I was young. So I got a lot of like bus style bullying like basically it was you know every day you know monday through friday and morning and afternoons it was like a pack of kids that would drive me crazy Uh, because i was going i would go to catholic school and i'd take the school with the the public the public school kids and so the bus would come and pick us up and i was like the only kid on that bus and i was wearing a uniform and so it was easy to target me so when i went to public school i i I transitioned into being goth uh (laughs) (laughs) because i wanted to scare these kids into leaving me alone so I got black like black contacts yeah. I you know dyed my hair black
2: I was I was similar in middle school for sure more than high school but same I would try to like give off an aura of like, don't fuck with
0: that kid. Like, leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have
2: them like think I'm gonna be like the school shooter, even though I'm like sweet <laughs> as hell. But like, just think I might be, so they fucking leave me alone. So it worked. worked.
1: I, I was, you know, I <laughs> actually spread a little bit of a rumor that I was gonna like bring Oh my, in my god! Bro. Well, uh, uh, before this was, you know, in the four time, the long, long ago, before school a, shootings were even a thing, it was like a it pre Columbine. So <laughs> it wasn't like you know, I'm surprised if it was post Columbine, I probably would have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah,
2: psychiatric help but it did
1: it got these kids to leave me alone basically and then after that you know after like a month or two of being goth I switched to being like a candy raver and so I went the other you know end of the spectrum and I was wearing bright colors and I dyed my hair and got new contacts but it's just I think kids do this you know and it's natural especially if you know they're being bullied or if they're upset or you know just if they're just kids you know they're kids are,
2: are, are figuring out their identity that's kind of the point of being a kid is you're You're figuring out your identity. And
1: and we, as the adults in the room, have the responsibility to be like, you're going through phases. This is part of growing up. You shouldn't have permanent surgery or medical procedures that may permanently affect your ability to have children because you might want those one day.
2: Like maybe don't rush into cutting your boobs off. Just saying. Maybe don't into that. Just saying. I don't know.
0: I think that's a great idea uh it's funny it's funny about your origin story about being goth because I I did I became goth in high school uh because I was like that just looks really cool like around high school was the time I learned about like heavy metal and I was like okay I'm love I'm loving this I like this but then I figured out afterwards wait a minute this is actually a deterrent people look at me and they stay back I'm like this is actually (laughs) kind of cool (laughs) um but yeah it's like it's just it's just phases and I and I think that um you know there's a lot of people a lot of adults especially teachers now that are kind of endorsing you know chopping off one's boobs and I'm like I don't I, that's not normal that's that's not yeah kids are gonna make mistakes but you shouldn't lead them in the direction of purposely making a mistake
2: and those are extreme measures those should be like last resort things that you turn to to deal with dysphoria and those sorts of things they should not, not in, be the immediate in previous solution.
1: in previous decades too you would have to be Dysphoric for years, you would have to do things like live as you know, cross-dressing for like six months or a year. Yeah, and and Before, now, or like, you could get, even get authorization for those surgeries.
2: Yeah, now, like Gothic said, you could just go in there for one one visit session, yeah, and get approved for hormones and surgery and all this stuff. It's a, I, I agree. There's there's gonna be a lot of pieces to pick up down the line from this. And you know, people like us, people like Laura Becker and other people who saw this coming. those folks are those kids are going to need us well
1: there was this video i don't know if you saw uh that there was this video that went viral like yesterday or the day before where this teacher was in a classroom and she was basically sort of espousing this like you know pro-gender bending ideology and she was like you know kids make great decisions you know it's she was basically saying that you know if they get their you know if you go and you get this the, the transition and you have your top taken off uh, you know, and you decide you don't like that. That's fine. You can go out and get them put back on later. And I'm like, honey, like, like
2: what do like, not... you like? We're like Mr. Potato Head. You just take them what? off that's, put it back on later. And like, that's why
1: this the video went viral because this woman was like literally a teacher in a classroom, you know, telling children or teenagers that that this is how it is. You know, it's, yeah. it's totally fine. Uh, and it just yeah. blows my mind. Uh, I'm a big fan of like libs of TikTok.
0: Oh, yes. We all
1: are. They've just had so many crazy pictures of teachers and things involving teachers that it really kind of like puts the situation with education and how these people are targeting children like really in the spotlight. And I think it's one of the reasons that acceptance of homosexuality has gone down in recent years when you look at particular polls is because you have, you know, these people pushing these ideologies onto kids and, you know, kids are by nature rebellious they, you know, are, are they're a little contrarian, and they try to push back to find out, you know, where the the line is. And so I think a lot of the the dropping in acceptance of homosexuality is that we've got a lot of this, you know, like pushing these these ideologies onto the kids. We have a lot of this drag drag and trans kids stuff, and I don't think the young people are having it. They're, you know, they they they're not as you know easily as swayed as some adults would like to think. And uh, it's it's happy, I'm glad to see it. You know, I'm glad to see some of that pushback. But it sucks because it, it makes, you know, homosexuality a little bit more taboo. And, mm-hmm. you know, we fought for a very long, not we, but like, you know, the, the homosexual community has fought for a long time to sort of separate this idea of predator from, you know, homosexual adult male. And now we've got the predators trying to like slip back into the, the, the umbrella, you know, with like saying that they're, you know, that, that pedophilia is an orientation or that, you know, like.
2: I think it, it goes to show too that like when you're trying to get the conservative types to understand these issues more the more you push them in this forceful way you're not going to get them to come around to your side you're gonna you're gonna make them flee further and further into their conservatism because they view view this more and more as a threat and that's kind of that's what i feel like is happening now and why we're seeing this massive polarization one of the reasons we're seeing it
0: Yeah, I feel really bad because like all of this gender ideology stuff, uh, everyone in the LGBT is kind of grouped in with it, which is why I always pose the question to trans people. Like, do you think the T should be removed from the LGB? Because I'm finding that a lot of this this rhetoric is kind of like, going in through that direction so it's like when when the pushback comes from like a lot of the people on the conservative end they're gonna just make the generalization that it's you guys that are pushing this and i and i feel really bad because and this is why i try to have conversations with people that are gay and that are trans that disagree with what the woke is saying to paint the picture that this isn't a something that uh that speaks for all people within this community so it's not something that should be promoted as such 100%
2: 100% agree. And we, we've we talked about the two on the show before. You know, like a, a gay man's experience is vastly different than a lesbian's experience, which is vastly different than, than a bisexual's experience, which is vastly different than a trans person's experience. We aren't all the same. Our experiences are quite different. So I think there and is. that's
1: part of the beauty of it, diversity. It is.
2: But it, there is also, I think, something problematic Mm -hmm. (laughs) about um like you said grouping all of this together into one broad sweeping generalization as if we're all on board with this as if all of our experiences are, are the same
1: well and also let's like let's take the idea of lumping let's call it alternative sexualities together the you know, eventually like you end up with just everybody under the umbrella, like, and that's kind of what we see is they continuously add letters and groups and different people. Like the whole idea was that with the rainbow was that it was supposed to include everyone already. And then they went and started modifying it, you know, to incorporate, you know, black and brown people or trans people or whatever. And it's just like the rainbow is the rainbow.
0: It's already the entire spectrum, the (laughs)
2: color spectrum. And even if your color isn't in there, you can take any color in the rainbow and mix it together and get your color there you go yeah
0: yeah it's uh and the new the new lgbt flag is an eyesore <laughs> like i just oh, it's like it
2: mean. looks like military
0: oh, but... rankings when i see it yeah.
2: it, does. it does it's really strange looking and they keep tacking more things onto it it's yeah it seems like the the craziness comes up
1: you know every june when pride month rolls yes. around and there's always a series of you know op-eds and whatever i remember last year the washington post had this uh uh, self-identified lesbian who's married to a trans woman. She wrote this, this op-ed called like, it was titled something like, yes, there's kink at pride. And I want my kids to see it. And I was just like, oh. lady. <laughs> and, and it was funny because I, you know, I made this video and then I went to her Twitter profile and I was, you know, checking out her, some of her other stuff. And she actually, she has like, you know, hashtag actually autistic in her bio. And I was like, well, that explains maybe why she wants her kids to see can't get pride. And I was, you know, I had to, I felt very strongly that I needed to make a video speaking out against that because, first of all, I, you know, as a gay man, I don't think kink belongs at pride. And I also don't think children belong at pride because it's not for them. It's for, you know, 18 plus, you know, gay and whatever adults. It's not, you know, and if you're a teenager and you identify that way and, you know, you end up there like whatever. But when I see, you know, op eds where these parents that have very young children, and they're trying to include them in these events. I'm just like, guys, this is why people come at us with allegations of us being predators. Yeah, like, because yep. they go online
2: and they see pictures of the four year old walking next to like two guys on all fours with dog okay. and masks.
0: On. Yep. <laughs> yep. So- yep i always said like i went to the I, I only went to pride twice in my life the first time I, I was years years ago and i could get behind it i was like okay here's a booth about equality all right here's a booth about information you know uh, safe sex okay the next year i went freaking dildo cannons and like people twerking in the streets and i see i'm like what is going on <laughs> and, I, and i'm dildo, trying to like
1: dildo cannons i'm not <laughs> I'm just gonna tweet out like, "quote dildo cannons." Dash <laughs> dildo cannons. Yeah. Now, one year, I went to Folsom. You know what the Folsom Street Fair is? If you ever heard of mm-hmm. this? So in San Francisco, they have an event. Uh, usually, it's in like you know January, February. It's sort of like offset with Pride, but it's called the Folsom Street Fair, and it's sort of like a Pride event, but it's a little bit more uh, expansive. It's not just. Gay people, but it's also like kinky people, and you'll see a lot of uh, exhibition there. Um, you'll see a lot of like women in costumes, there's a lot of like BDSM role playing type things, women getting dressed up as horses, having their like horse master in like a little thing, pulling them around, like the furries, that kind of stuff. And one year I went and I was hanging out with a bunch of gay guys. And I just, we're walking through the crowd and there's like naked people and there's people in these costumes and there's people, you know, posing as furniture. And I see this like totally straight laced looking family. It's like mom, dad, and two kids. And the kids were, you know, not old, but like not young either. It was like probably, you know, 12 and like eight. And I was just like, what are you doing here? (laughs) It's like, this is not for you people. Like, yeah, all huddled together and I was they just like, like
2: wandered onto the wrong street
1: I was just so embarrassed like I was like this is not how I want straight people to see yeah. you know gay people yeah. and it just seems like there's always this you know the, it's like the the double-edged sword like our community is so diverse that you know you have this kind of stuff alongside of you know more normal like homosexual conservative type people who want nothing to do with that mm-hmm but yeah, Folsom Street Fair is is a sight, And I, I only went once and it was definitely enough. And you don't uh, need to go.
0: Yeah, I, go. I don't I don't want to go. It sounds it sounds very terrifying. <laughs> but like in the in the same way that you said, that, you know, you don't want that you know, these straight families to see gay people like that, it's kind of like how a lot of people perceive black people as like being oppressed victims. And it's like, this is why I'm happy. Like, I didn't even know you guys were gay, honestly. So like, you guys are speaking out and and I hope that more people within this community can actually speak out as well. Because otherwise, if you're gonna leave the media and leave the loudest voices to their own devices, they're gonna portray you in a certain way in the same way they do to black people, and then what? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we, it's-
2: we, we talked about this with Mike Harlow, actually on the show, um, GLAAD, you know, the Glad organization and how they, they have their hand basically in every media portrayal of how gay men are portrayed. And they typically portray us in this like stereotypical, effeminate, you know, eunuch kind of way almost. So one of the things that
1: really upset me about the sort of early acceptance of homosexuality in the mainstream was that we had this show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and I got so upset by the fact that that show was creating this false perception of homosexual men as, you know, these metrosexuals who were just so up with fashion, who were a little bit, you know, like little femme, a little, you know, like eh, whatever. And they sort of created this like idea that if if you were, you know, a straight family and you didn't have gay people in your life and, you know, but you were watching TV, you're like, "Oh, that's what gay is." And then it's the same thing with RuPaul. Like they see these like you know, drag queens and these these, uh, amazing outfits and, you know, outlandish makeup and, you know, dancing and all this stuff. And they see that and they're like, oh, that's what gay is. But also like gay can just be like, you know, two dudes holding hands like, you know, that are trying to raise a family. And you don't see that, like that's not celebrated and it's not focused on and it's just kind of like, uh stop like representing my people
0: wrong (laughs) yeah and and that's exactly what i said like i had no idea you guys were gay and it's because uh i how your demeanor is is very rare when i see it in the in like the gay community it's usually i see that over feminization and that like yes like that list but i don't even know where people get that from like where they pick it up (laughs) which is
2: fine honestly we have nothing wrong with more sometimes i'll clean it out a bit we have (laughs) we have friends who are more feminine and feminine gay men and stuff. And we're fine with that. It's just the stereotype that all gay men have to be more effeminate. And it's just not true. There are plenty of gay men out there who, like you said, you wouldn't be able to even tell unless you asked them or or they, or they told you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. A lot of it is like signaling too. you know, many gay men had to find ways to kind of subtly let other gay men know that they're gay. So they could, you know
0: meat meat
2: and, and things like that so i think a lot of that is why the effeminate thing becomes sort of exaggerated sometimes
0: yeah we got apps now though we're just going apps did you hear about that new
1: one that's like just for like females and they got a lot of flack because they were having uh women submit like selfies and in order to they had an AI algorithm to be like like okay that's a female face and they were not letting people on they were excluding trans women and so it became this big to do on social media and the CEO eventually came out she's like you can call me any name that you want like this is our app this is our customer base and if you don't like it it's not for you (sighs) (laughs) like people were just like.
0: I think that well I think that that is admirable like I think that people forget that not everything is for you and you don't always need to be in, included in stuff like I see it with like with me like I just I just became a Christian and one thing that I see is like uh, I'm seeing a lot of like the trans ideology get infiltrated into the church and I'm like well guys it's just not for you it's not for you you why do you have to try and change something it's just not for you
1: yeah I agree Yeah, it's very, it's very bizarre how people sort of, it's, and and I don't know if it's necessary, like all people, or if it's more of like the uh, cluster B, the personality disordered, you know, talking about like narcissistic, histrionic, psychopathic, sociopathic type people. Um, But they seem to have this a priori, uh, like they like they have the right to be in a space you know because of xyz reasons it's like no like entitlement people have a right yeah they're entitled it's like people have a right to freely associate and freely dissociate with whomever they want and you know you don't have like the right to barge into a space and to be like i belong here like we saw with like with the uh that trans yeah the the
2: we spa thing the we spa thing
1: which that was funny because for a long time people were like that's a predator that's a predator and then it turned out that that person actually had been charged with yeah. you know predatory behavior before
2: this touches too on on the subject of like oh if if you don't want to sleep with a trans person you're transphobic and, and same thing with like the body positivity movement which we were talking to star san on about this like oh if you don't want to sleep with you know a fat person or a heavy person you're fat phobic yeah you know it's it's very similar to yeah, that. It, it,
1: there's this this level of entitlement to you know like it's it's well it's very brave new world like in brave new world one of the things that uh sort of signaled that the world was a dystopia was that people ha- didn't have the right to refuse sexual advances from other people there was this idea that everyone belonged to everyone else and so if somebody was sexually attracted to you you were obligated to you know indulge their attraction and it's just so it struck me because like that was one of the core concepts in this this book that's like a you know key dystopian novel and here we're seeing it today manifest in these ideologies
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh yeah i had a thought then i had a brain fart <laughs> it could be the lack of caffeine <laughs> <I just don't- laughs> Okay. Let's it's cry. all
1: good. We can We can talk about something a little less serious. Well, I
2: actually I wanted to ask a bit about Starson and how do you guys know each other. We are fans. We definitely we, crush on Starson. We love her. Cassandra. Yeah, she's great.
0: Yeah, she's great. I've known her since I was in high school. Uh, I actually, uh, for like a week in high school, I dated her now husband. Oh, <laughs> so like, wow. was, yeah, 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 like there was, it wasn't serious or anything. It's like we held hands. Like that was the extent of it. Um, and, uh, you know, at some point it was when Obama got in office uh, that uh, my brain started getting a little bit warped slightly. And then when it came down to her voting for Trump, I actually stopped being her friend for a little bit. Wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, because I and I actually I, I, I laugh about this a lot, because if I go back in my Facebook messages, I can find the emails that I sent to her. And I don't even know who that person was. Like, I was radicalized. Like, I'm like, you're voting for a racist. Like, I'm black. Don't you care about me? Like It, it just well, made no sense. Honestly,
2: that's fascinating. That's
0: though. the we well, see that to me.
1: That's like a really great sign of hope, because yes. if you can come from where you were to where you are, that means a lot of other people can, too. And that's very encouraging for me because I feel like we need a lot more people to make that little journey. Yeah, to make, to mm-hmm. make that jump,
2: you know. Yeah. That's, that's crazy though. And I've definitely gone back and like, just sometimes Facebook will like remind you of something you posted like 10 years ago or whatever. And I've had moments like that too. Well, I'll read it and I'll, like, and I'll be like, I don't even recognize that person. It's like, I would never post something like that now. So.
1: Yeah. I have an
0: old live journal oh oh me too it's somewhere there (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah but but, um that's
2: that's crazy i didn't know that you actually had had um canceled star songs friendship yeah
0: i canceled her and you know when i started going through this journey of me uh making the content i do now i started getting a lot of pushback from people on the left and i was i was depressed about it i'm like dude like i don't know i don't know what to do about this so i would consult with her and hey she's been a Republican and 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 a Catholic for her entire life so she knows a thing or two about being you know discriminated just based on her beliefs so I kind of I've leaned on her a lot for like just kind of helping me see like you know it's okay to have these opinions and and you're going to get through this so she's really been there for this entire process with me and um I'm really excited now because now I kind of pushed her into the into the realm of content creation and I think wait, that wait, her just-
2: we did too i remember she tweeted something like should i start a youtube channel yes 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 yes
0: yes. and i think her voice is needing it needed and i and i'm really excited for her
2: agreed i'm very happy she's talking about the things she was talking about and you know when we had her on that was a really unique episode we had not talked about the body positivity issues yet so her voice is greatly welcomed i think in the fight against the woke cult
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah, I feel like there needs to like it, it's almost like there has to be this sort of balancing effect from the based, you know, whatever the group is, whether it's you know, you know, whether you're black or whether you're gay or whether you're you know, large, you know, you have to have those based voices from that group sort of come out and sort of you know, self policing almost the extremes of you know people that sort of claim uh identity or membership in this group which yeah. is kind of just really ridiculous it's not like there's like a gay club or a black club or a fat club like you don't there is no group really it's yeah. not like we're all on a you know on a, on a the same you know message board or we're all getting the same emails it's like but it it does seem to have this uh balancing effect when people come out uh, from a particular group and they espouse more conservative or more contrarian takes. And I feel like it helps everyone else sort of not be totally blind blinded by you know one perspective thinking that all the gays look like all think this yeah, well, or all it, black people think yeah, that it, or it, all it fat shows, people act like this
2: it shows there's a diversity of, of viewpoints amongst the so-called minorities or oppressed mm-hmm. groups and
1: well and i think that's what true diversity is it's not so much
2: yeah it's not just diversity of who you're sleeping with or what you look like it's also diversity of thought and that's what that's what like the radical SJW woke types can't seem to grasp that they, they preach this diversity, right. But they're actually very intolerant of, of any thinking that diverges from, from their own thinking. And I'm not saying that there aren't conservative types who are like that as well. You know, we, we mentioned it earlier before we talked when, you know, before we started the show, you made a recent video, right. About the abortion issue. Um, and you got, a bit of backlash from some of your more right or conservative followers who are like I'm unfollowing you now maybe talk a bit about that
0: yeah um, it was uh, I look at this as an opportunity um, for me like I always look at bad situations now as like a learning moment like there's a reason this is happening and for the past few months with me making content I've, I've become very frustrated in trying to um, convey my arguments to people that think I'm only making my arguments because I'm just getting money from the conservatives or the Republicans. And and I'm trying to make the argument that my beliefs aren't specific to a political side. And I'm like, how do I get these people to understand this? And there's also
2: easier ways to make money, people. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I, I made a video about my stance on abortions and a lot of people who have been, you know, condemning the radical left for months about how they live in echo chambers and they only want to stay in their safe spaces these same people were in my comment section yesterday talking about i'm unfollowing you now because i can't stand for this opinion so explain to me what the difference is between you and the woke that you've been complaining about it's like a rotating door it's the same exact thing and and i think that this opportunity of people saying that they want to unfollow it's a great opportunity to not only show the left hey i don't have allegiance to one specific side i don't i don't do that and also for the viewers that are thinking about leaving it's like i want you to recognize that you're not going to find a single person on the planet that you're going to agree with 100 um, and if you keep you know canceling unfollowing defriending people just based on different opinions you're going to end up alone
2: yeah
1: yeah. Well, and people should have more like the, really the, the true idea of, of forming, you know, a co- like, so this is like one of the things that I've noticed is that there tends to be two different types of people. You have these authoritarian type people that require an external structure in order to attach themselves to, they need to be in a tribe. They need to be in a group. They need to have a consistent ideology that they're sort of told versus more independent type people who can take bits and pieces from here, from there. You know, It doesn't have to be all coherent or it doesn't have to be all from the same source. And uh, Bob Altemeyer talks about this a lot in his book, The Authoritarians, but he makes this argument that like, we're sort of split 50-50 between these two types of people. And and you find them on both you sides. You find them on yeah. all of all across the yeah. political there's, spectrum. There's
2: the authoritarian MACA people as much as there's the you know authoritarian BLM types. It's you know, you're you're gonna find them on both sides. The
1: thing is, you can't just like all of a sudden decide that you know, like, oh, I like this creator, I like this creator, I like this. I hate this creator, they have a take, I don't agree. Like, no, come on, like yeah just you know like accept that oh wow like here's a different perspective mm-hmm. you know you may not like the idea you don't even have to agree, agree with it
2: disagree with one point and still respect someone in their work yeah. and what they do and there's
1: an entire like there's an entire genre of videos that are based on people having channels where they take a, a take that they didn't like from another creator and then they start talking about it like yeah. it's like a whole thing
2: well we we mentioned tim pool on the show quite a few times because we like him we're fans of him we respect his work we don't agree with everything tim says there's quite a bit of things tim says that we get frustrated with or we're like what the hell tim take a position on this or that or (laughs) yeah you know and and it's not like when he does or says those things we're just like all right we're gonna unsubscribe Uh, time with him him. or like he he didn't really address the whole jack murphy thing as much as a lot of people wanted him to i'm not going to just be like all right well screw tim i'm unsubscribing because i'm just going to assume how he feels about this or that because he didn't address this or do this the way i want it whatever not everyone's going to please you and like gothic said you're there's no one on the planet you're going to find who agrees with you 100
0: on anything no no and also just to add to that I think just the act of announcing that you're unsubscribing to me it's like you're seeking the validation of other people because when I'm going to do something I just do it I don't I don't seek approval I don't announce it on top of the mountaintops I just do it so what is what are you actually accomplishing are you trying to get other people to go with you then I, I don't get it.
2: <laughs> I, I think that is it actually.
1: Either that or it's like a bit. It's you know it's a slight almost like they're they're trying to slight you. They're trying to you know make you feel bad. Yeah. It's kind of funny because it it it's very common and our our buddy Josh uh, from the Disaffected podcast. I was
2: just thinking about him.
1: <laughs> he had this this woman. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she is sort of like a quote unquote libertarian, but not really. And she had followed him. Basically, uh, you know, he kind of knew that she followed him so that she could eventually, you know, publicly sort of denounce him and unfollow him. And,
2: and yeah, so he he posted a tweet like criticizing people who put like, I think PhD or like MD in,
1: in, their Twitter in their Twitter
2: profile names. And he was criticizing that. And she was one of those people. Like she had it in her name. So she came back and just commented and she was just like, um, I'm unfollowing you. For the team, <laughs> by the way and it was just like i i knew you were going to do that as soon as you followed me that right. you followed me just so you can do this later and make a display out of it and right i wonder how often that really happens on twitter too where people like pre-plan it like oh i'm gonna like follow them but then later i'm gonna wait for the right moment to make a scene out of this
0: Well, this actually happened when I got um, canceled for voting for Trump. A lot of people like I had a massive uh, discord community at one point. um, And uh, I I nuked the community when people started um, leaving. Uh, And how they left was because of my opinions, they would go on Twitter and they would write, you know what twit longers are? They can, like, you can write, like, a long blog and, like, link it to your Twitter. Oh. So these people were writing blogs announcing that they're no longer associated with me to all of their followers. And I'm, t- like, 50 people must have r- written a blog of their own. Like, they're expressing oh. their own opinions. I'm like, what are you doing this for?
2: It's so oh. communist, man. It really is. It reminds me of shit I read about in, like, like the, the freaking Lenin-Stalin era-, era where friends were doing that. They were, like, openly declaring you know cutting off certain people or you know because they were afraid that the party would come down on them and they're Mm -hmm. like i need to announce that i I support the ideology hey i don't associate with this person anymore that's not me because yeah they they want to be spared from the mob i think yeah because they see the mob coming down on say you and they're like oh shit i'm associated with this person they're like i don't want to be dragged into that so they're like i need to set the record straight so everyone knows that i'm woke you know
0: don't come for me yeah and and people actually uh, disclosed that to me when they were leaving they said you you are a marketing nightmare Gothic. i we we, are, we can't associate we with you and i checked their channels months down the line they're streaming to two viewers so i don't exactly know if i had anything to do with this <laughs>
2: hey maybe you should have considered my marketing strategy because <laughs> uh, clearly yours aren't working yeah yeah
1: well. <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah i don't know man. Uh yeah, I was looking at this or my, like I was just looking for the, like my article on transgender things and I, I was searching for it and but it popped up with this uh this transgender swimmer at uh UPenn, Leah Thomas. Have you heard of this person? Oh,
2: is this mm-hmm. the one who oh,
1: this is the so he, she, them, I'm not sure which <laughs> pronouns that, that they go by. So don't kill me. YouTube, all of them. All of the pronouns. Uh basically he's a biological male. Um and uh, she identifies as a woman. But when you look at her, she's like clearly like a six foot, you know, three or two, like dude. Um, and it's, it's very controversial right now because she's, you know, killing it in the ladies division. But, uh, you know, when you, you know, she the re- people are, you know, hypothesizing that the, the reason she transitioned is because she couldn't sort of like hack it in the, the men's league. And now she's getting all of this attention on all these, like, you know, her, her, She's getting name recognition. You have
2: to wonder.
1: Well, it's just it's just one of those things. And it's like, it's kind of funny when you look at a picture of her, him, they, whatever, uh, because she, you know, clearly looks like a dude. I don't have one right here. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw this. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad, honestly, for these these female athletes who train their asses off, you know, put all this work and time in to like, get into their league and then some guy is just like i'm a girl now and steps in and wins
0: yeah it's a it's really crazy when you hear from the social justice sector that the uh, cis white um males are dominating everything or when you hear about like men dominate the country but then you can say i'm trans and then oh like they have amnesia it's like hold on a (laughs) 2nd like what is happening right now you're destroying women's sports but five seconds ago you were complaining about the the men who whatever (laughs) very confusing
1: yeah it's very strange the way that they can sort of compartmentalize these things or or the one thing i've noticed about the radical left is their primary means of argumentation is either an ad hominem so they slur their ideological opponents uh as you know a racist xenophobe misogynist transmisogynist whatever they label you as that and so thus you know anything you say is just the rhetoric of a you know a person that doesn't deserve to speak, um, or they start redefining words. And we saw this with the uh, trans women are women sort of argument. What I found fascinating about this idea that trans women are women is that it simultaneously makes the argument uh, while implying that you cannot disagree with it. You know, it's a statement. Um, and it just, it, it sort of contradicts itself because we we know that a trans woman and a, a an adult human female, a biological woman, are not the same thing. And they're not, Brent. Well, we no, we, no you
2: can't say they yeah. are, Brent. They are the same. Okay, Brent. okay. They are one hundred percent the same. And if you don't agree with that. I'm going to call your job and have you removed.
1: Well, that's good. Cause I don't have one. Oh.
0: <laughs> Got <him.
1: laughs> Uh Yeah. So, but it just, it strikes me yeah. that they, they either will insult you or they'll <laughs> redefine the terms in order to make it so that, you know, they're, they're correct. And it's just like, those aren't, those are just like little semantic games. Like that's not a legitimate yeah, argument. It, it doesn't hold any logic. It, or reason. It,
2: it is a game they want you to kind of play. And what they don't realize is that like, people like us were already on board but when they start to push it to that level is when you start to lose us like you're a trans man great you're a trans man you're not a man you're not a man you start trying to push it to that point where you're like no i am the same as you that's when you start to lose me because you're not i i will respect whatever you want to do or identify as but when you when you try to say that your experience is the same as mine when you've never had a penis you've never come of age with a penis and, and going through the hormone process of being a male you're not the same as me right you, know, you can construct a fake penis all you want you know if it makes you feel better that's fine it's it, you're not me you're not the same as me we're different and that shouldn't be a controversial thing to say it shouldn't be controversial to say that a trans man's a trans man and a, and a man is a man and a trans woman is a trans woman and a woman is a woman it's a different thing but they want you to play this game of pretend where you need to see them as exactly the same as the other sex they're trying to identify as and that's too far man it's too far
0: yeah it's just catering to people's feelings and uh you know at what cost are you going to cater to people's feelings you're going to alter everything about reality just to make a, a, a very small minority of people feel like they're valid well i think the problem first of all is nobody should be seeking validation from an outside source that's something that you deal with personally yeah
1: Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting about that is that they don't often consider how they're invalidating, you know, all the, everyone else.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: you can, you you know, you can say that, you know, oh, we, we we need to consider the feelings of this 0.01% of the population. They say
2: we're erasing their experience and then they turn around and And erase erase our experience experience of
1: everyone else. It's just, again, like self-awareness is a superpower.
2: It's like, like, like Elliot Page, you want to be Elliot Page? Great. Have fun with that. If you never had a dick, you have no idea what it's like to be a, a biological man. That is not a controversial thing to say. It is just a fact. You know, and it's nuts that we live in a world right now where I can't say that without getting some kind of backlash or or, or crucified morally. It's bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's really odd.
1: Well, what are you going to do? We're just going to have to keep going one day at a time, having yeah,
2: conversations. It
1: yeah yeah so uh, we'll putting wrap, it up we'll wait I wanted to ask here.
0: I wanted to ask Gothics. are you playing any video games right oh, yeah, now? yeah we'll end <laughs> on <there. laughs> uh the only video <laughs> games I'm playing right now I've been on a um what is it a zombie army 4 binge I love zombie games Ooh. um I have been waiting for another game to come out um I think it's called uh is it hell what is it called Man, I forgot. I think it's called Hellsinger, I think. Uh, it's like a beats per minute type of game. It kind of looks like Doom. I love first person shooters mm-hmm. and I love like horror games. Um, yeah,
2: Brent likes Dead by
0: Daylight. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got my DVD tattoo right here. Uh, oh, funny right. Story, oh, funny right. story about oh. this. Funny story about this. You guys got to play Dead by Daylight together. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny story about this. I met the developers at TwitchCon, and, and one of them actually uploaded a photo of me. Uh, with the tattoo on their on their social media but when i started changing or or vocalizing my opinions they unfollowed me they disassociated <laughs> with me
2: <laughs> oh oh my yeah. god and they're probably yeah. really disappointed they're like damn she's still flashing that tattoo around in interviews and shit people can't know that we are associated with her
0: yeah exactly that's exactly like i still like the game but you know i just think it's kind of yeah. shitty but whatever whatever yeah to, what those,
2: do? to those developers Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're also like, they, they do this thing in
1: Dead by Daylight where they sort of import killers from other franchises. So I can understand why it would be important for them as a company to maintain this, you know, liberal woke lefty Yes, because if they're trying to get, you know, other corporations to interact with them and do business with them, they have to make sure that everything is seen as correct. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want
2: people to like get offended that you shared a picture of gothics you know who supports your game about serial killers in which you hang people on hooks and kill them there's, <laughs> there's nothing controversial about that
0: right? nothing right. it's it so yeah. yeah
2: i've been on a
1: Fortnite kick lately oh yeah
0: i didn't play i liked it you guys day. i'm not sure anymore
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're such a zoomer brent with the hell it's a very zoomer thing. But well I, like, i'm not a gamer so don't
0: Okay, I can't group you in. Okay. Don't group me out. No, he's, he's the drummer artist. I'm
2: the book nerd, painter, drummer. So.
0: Okay, very cool. Nice. He's the gamer. I'm
2: the yeah. gamer. Nice, nice,
0: nice. I mean, and that's, that's why...
1: I... With, uh, Star Citizen is the space game that I'm waiting for.
0: Oh, is it like a strategy game?
1: No, it's uh, so it's like this weird sort of, uh, it's going to be like an MMORPG when it's done, but basically it's like a space game where you have, it's also an FPS. So like your character is like a a person and then you can, you know, walk around the world. You can buy armor and weapons and you can go and, you know, hop into a spaceship and then fly to a planet or a moon and then get out and do like a first person mission. Or you can also do like, cargo missions or it's it's kind of like this it's trying to be like the everything game basically and it's in the uh i think the amazon uh, i can't remember what engine but it looks really pretty Uh, it's Mm. a very beautiful game Um, still in alpha it's like i probably got like five it's been in development for like 10 years almost it's probably going to be in development for another five to ten years before it's like ready for release but it's so pretty well, it's,
2: it's a massive game right
1: yeah well the idea is that it'll be massive like if you're familiar with eve online it'll be similar to that when it's done but it'll instead of eve just was like you're a ship basically and you're like flying around the universe and you could never actually like get out of the ship and like walk around but in star citizen that's what you can do and there's different kinds of vehicles there's not just spaceships there's motorcycles and tanks and uh, all kinds of things nice Dork. that's
0: cool gonna that's- have to check it out
1: yeah. It's, if you like space, you're going to like it, um, but it's expensive. That's the only thing it's expensive. Gotcha. And you have to have like a really high sort of computer in order to, to run it. Well, it's okay. Cool.
2: All right. I guess we will let you go. Vanessa. Thank you
1: so much Vanessa, for joining us. Yeah, we've-
0: Thank you for having me. This was fun. Invite me back whenever I'd oh, love to totally. chat with you guys more.
1: Love
2: to have you back. We very much love that.
1: Don't forget to check out Vanessa. You know, she's uh gothics TV on
0: YouTube. Uh, it's also what is it on on yeah. Twitch? What's
2: your website?
0: uh On Twitch, it's gothics. My website is gothics.tv. Everywhere else is gothics.tv.
2: Gothics.tv. Let me
0: see. Oh, and you're on Locals too. Yes, I'm a Locals as well. Got yes.
2: Everywhere. So be sure to follow her. Check out her work. She's doing great things right now. And I'll put and all,
1: everything in the uh, description too.
2: Yeah. Uh, this episode will probably be out Sunday. We'll see. But to like, like to
1: like, subscribe, comment, comment, do all the things,
2: share all the stuff the establishment hates us. So please help.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back again with another one soon. Bye-bye.